Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. I hope you're all having a fantastic day today. Before we get into today's podcast, as per usual, I will have the link tree in the description down below so you guys can go follow our socials, mainly Instagram and Twitter. That is where I post the most, mainly when also it's an upload of a new podcast. Uh, rather that be for Rumble or for the main podcast on YouTube and audio-wise on every other platform. Um, As well as, of course, our merch link if you would like to support us in that sense and uh, spread the word. Um, Because by wearing merch, you know, people look and be like, hey, what is that? So, you know, I kind of use merch as more of like a promotion thing uh, rather than a business like making money kind of thing. Um, uh, please go follow the Rumble as well if you are into commentaries, rather that's on society, politics, you name it, uh, PC Boys Uncensored on Rumble, if you are interested in that, and, uh, last but not least, go follow our Discord, um, I have two different sections on there, uh, one for the Rumble side of the community and the main podcast side of the community as well, it's easier for you guys to get in contact with me. By using uh, the Discord as well, you know, if you guys want me to talk about a certain topic or you guys want to help give me, like, some information or whatnot uh, for a particular topic, it would be very uh, helpful and also I want to connect with the community a lot more. But with all of that being said, let's get into today's main podcast uh, that will be available both on YouTube and uh, audio everywhere else, uh, you know, you listen to podcasts. I would say the main ones being like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. But today we are going to be discussing the Marvel's box office, and we are going to be also discussing um, uh, Madam Web, that trailer, uh, which is like a Sony Spider-Man movie, and talking about my thoughts on that. We're not going to watch the trailer. Um, We're just going to be talking about it. Um, But I want to start off with Marvel's, of course, because this is something, you know, I've missed out on a whole week of. So the Marvel's box office uh, on opening weekend was pretty bad. Um, I was saying this, actually, that the predictions, uh, I think that was the last podcast I even did, uh, talking about the predictions of the Marvel's uh, was pretty bad. Like, it was pretty abysmal numbers. And it's not surprising to me that it opened with $46 million. However... The saddest thing is that is worse than the Incredible Hulk. Um, hold on, let me pull this up. Hopefully, this doesn't freeze the video. Um, I I know when it comes to uh, OBS, sometimes um, it will freeze the video, and that sucks because then I have to re-record it. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna go into the Incredible Hulk's box box office because I think that this movie, if I was correct, was like in the fifty millions opening weekend. Um, yeah, opening uh, weekend, The Incredible Hulk made $55 million, at the time being the lowest, uh, MCU box office, and the Marvels opened up with $46 million, so the Marvels is now officially the MCU's worst opening weekend box office film, and there's a lot of factors that go into why this movie was not making money to begin with. Um, the first thing, um, and most important thing is the fact that the Marvels, um, while it opened very poorly, um, a lot of people are burnt out on the MCU in general. The quality of MCU movies and shows have not been that good. Uh, that is one factor. Brie Larson's another factor. I wouldn't say that, um, you know, Miss Marvel and Photon, I wouldn't say that, uh, those characters or even the actresses that play said characters, like Amon Vellani and stuff, like, I don't see them, 
uh, being very controversial. You know, Iman Vellani is somebody I'm actually very excited to watch more of in the MCU. However, when it comes to Brie Larson, like, her as a person, and the way, like, when the first Captain Marvel came out, she was all like, you know, white men don't need to review my movies and stuff. Um, it just put a very bad taste in your mouth before the movie even came out. And obviously her first movie did extremely well, like I talked about in last podcast, I believe, um, explaining that that's because it was a movie in between Infinity War and Endgame, two of the biggest Marvel movies ever. And it was kind of like that thing that filled the void in between the two movies. And also she was to appear in Endgame. So people naturally thought, I need to watch this movie to know about this character before we get to Endgame. Despite the fact she had very little screen time in the movie. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of factors, uh, including the Marvels also having like a very lackluster villain and kind of a story that is bland and makes no sense. Especially when you take into consideration that everybody that has seen the movie, which I will state here on the podcast, I have not seen the movie, so I'm not, like, critiquing it in terms of my own review, but from those that have watched the movie, they've all come to a consensus that there's, like, this feels like a third movie, you know? It doesn't feel like a, 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 a sequel to Captain Marvel 1, because it sounds like with the villain, especially, that like, there was a whole movie for, um, in between the first movie and this one that kind of fleshed out and developed the villain into becoming a villain, but because they kind of just went over that and we're just like oh yeah she's from like captain marvel's past and captain marvel did you know destroyed her world and stuff um it just feels like you're missing a whole entire film there like her destroying like the kree hive mind and stuff like that um it, they completely just jumped over that so when you meet the villain of this movie she just kind of feels generic and makes no sense um but i'm not surprised but currently, right now, the Marvels is sitting at a uh, whopping $161 million worldwide. Um, and that's still pretty abysmal. Especially when you uh, take into consideration that the Incredible Hulk, um, once it was done completely, uh, it made $264 million, which is not a lot. But you have to remember, uh, this is not in counting for uh, inflation. Like, two, uh, Incredible Hulk came out in 2008. So, money prices then for tickets and stuff compared to now, completely different. Um, and on top of that, this was the second movie in the MCU, uh, right after Iron Man. So, this movie wasn't going to be a big, booming hit. Um, but the fact that the Marvel's going into its second weekend hasn't even crossed $200 um, million is pretty sad. Because most Marvel movies, I would argue, open up with... 161 plus, you know, normally 200 something million dollars opening weekend. The Marvels, I don't think is going to make its budget back. So the budget for this movie was, um, wait, they don't have it on here. Normally, wait, didn't they for the Incredible Hulk, didn't they have the budget on it? Yeah, this is budget 150 million. Do they not have the budget for this? They don't have the budget for this on here? Why? I think, hold on, now I have to look it up. I, I really fucking hope that this doesn't fuck with the OBS. Okay, uh, Marvel's budget. I think it was, like, around $260 million or something like that. Um, yeah, $274.8 million. Okay, so, let me put it into these perspectives, right? The Marvel's was almost $300 million to make. It hasn't even made $200 million yet. And that's just on its production cost. That's not even including the advertising and theater cuts. 
So, you're looking at, like, for this movie to break even, this movie would have to make 400 plus million. I would, uh, let's just say for example stake, $450 million. This movie would probably have to make to cut even. Because that would, of course, be incorporating its original, like, um, like $274-79 million budget. Okay? Mixed in with the promotion cost. And also mixed in with, um, what the fuck? Sorry, it felt like I just got hit by water. Like, that's weird. Okay, okay, I was out of nowhere. Uh, but yeah, so, um, when it comes to, um, this movie that, that you know, includes, like I said, um, advertising costs and the, uh, theater cuts, which will put it somewhere around, like, 450 million, maybe more, maybe a little bit less, but around that area, right? So, it has to get around that 400, you know, 50 million dollar mark to break even. Um, and, and right now this isn't going good because I think the Marvels had like an 80% drop going into uh, the second weekend, which is fucking abysmal. Like, worse, like this movie is performing worse than even I thought it was going to. Like, a lot of people are like, yeah, the Marvels isn't probably going to make a lot of money. But it's making less money than even the people that absolutely hate the MCU and call everything woke 24-7. Even they're like, this is doing worse than even we thought it was going to. So, this movie, like I said, there's a lot of reasons why it's not doing well. Number one, it's not well written. The, the villain's very bland, right? You know, there's some CGI problems in there, as to be expected with most modern Marvel projects. Um, the characters in general that are in the movie are not, like, uh, grade-A, top-tier Marvel characters to begin with, um, or haven't even been made into them. Like, for instance, Captain America, Iron Man, and them, they weren't um, A-tier Marvel characters, but the movies made them into A-tier uh, characters, where, in the Marvel sense, that... It isn't the case. Like, Captain Marvel has been in the MCU the longest out of the three, and even, you know, she doesn't really bring ticket sales. This movie shows that. And this has three leading, you know, uh, female superheroes. So, it's not even just her at this point. Um, but I will say, the review situation for this movie is very interesting. So, this has changed a lot um, since... We looked at it in the last podcast, both critically and audience-wise. Um, wait, actually, I don't think the audience score was out by that point. So, let me explain what I think happened, okay? Because it's, it's, it's a lot to take in. And I'm not, uh, like, my take on this, I don't be like, oh, the reason you're saying this is because you, you know, you dislike female-led movies or anything like that. It's like, no, there, there's logistical reasons as to why the reviews are the way that they are. Um, hold on. I find it funny that the Marvels isn't just, like, one of the main ones here. Um, I hope my fucking OBS is recording all this. I'll be very pissed if I have to, like, redo everything. Okay. So, the Marvels currently, critically, is sitting at a 62%. Now, remember, when we looked at this last, it was, like, 55, 56, in that range. Audience score is an 83%. Now, this is what I find interesting about this whole movie. Okay? The people that went to see Captain Marvel which are very few, as we've just covered for box office numbers, it's not much, okay? So, the people that saw the movie and obviously are rating it very favorably, they're very few, okay? Because if you look at the box office numbers, it's clear that this movie's bombing. 
bad. Meaning that even if this movie is enjoyed by fans, it's not enjoyed by many people. That's that's the big takeaway. Sure, 83% of the audience likes it. That's cool. But if 83% of the audience likes it out of 100%, which isn't even bringing in much money, it doesn't matter at that point. Because let's be real here. Reviews don't matter to companies. It's how much money it makes. That's ultimately what matters to companies the most. So let's look at some of the fan reviews because I think that this is very telling. I don't ever look at critic reviews because, you know, critics are bought off and, you know, or just don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So let's talk about, let's look at the fans and see what the fans have to say. Fantastic movie would go see again. Many laugh out loud scenes. Yet again, there's not much there. What can I take away from that? Outside of the fact that, you know, Christine found it funny. Jim L. Solid movie, light fun, Vinali rocks. Um, a Vilani rock. Jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't can't read today, apparently. Um, I agree with the last part. That's been a consensus I've heard among most reviewers. But, like, the fact that the movie is good because it's just fun. Like, I understand this argument for, like, Sony movies. And the reason I say that is because when you go into a Sony Marvel movie, you're not expecting it to be a masterpiece. But when you go into an MCU product, at least for me, and I would say for most MCU moviegoers, you expect quality, great CGI, good storytelling, a mid-villain, but you expect a lot to be there that you're going to like, right? The hero's journey, the performances. Um, but obviously now, apparently... It's good enough to get a four a four star review by being funny and just fun. Like if you're a Sony movie, okay, but like if you're a Marvel Studios movie, that's an insult, I would say, because like I said, when you look at a Sony Marvel movie and a Marvel Studios Marvel movie, I grade them very differently. Like Venom in the Sony movies, I would grade it like a, a seven or an eight because you know Venom's entertaining, but it's not a Marvel Studios movie. If I compared Venom to an MCU movie or used an MCU scale for Venom, it would probably be like a six because. Venom, like, I love Venom, but for Sony movie standards, if it was put on the same scale as Marvel movies, Venom would be, like, a 6. Um, it wouldn't be an 8 or a 9. So, like, the way that I grade movies, it depends on, like, who is creating them and what I expect going into it. So, yeah, the MCU scale for me is a vastly different one that I use. Jill, 3 stars, glad that there are some female superheroes, but this lacked fun... So this movie got a three star because it had female superheroes in it, just for the fact. And I'm reading the reviews and trying to extrapolate what these people are giving, like why they're giving it a review. A three star is pretty decent. But the fact that the only good thing you can give about it is that it has female superheroes doesn't tell me much. This one's a five star review and it's verified. Let's see what they have to say. The first word I could use to describe the movie is fun. I enjoyed every part of it. From the blend of characters to the well-done action scenes, the frequent use of humor. I would argue humor is a MCU detriment, but then again, I like more serious stuff. Hence why I like, you know, Daredevil and, you know, Spider-Man in the comics and stuff. Because it's a lot more ground-level serious. Um, I'm just not a big MCU comedy guy. That's me personally, though. Uh, the story, uh, the storyline made sense and was a good follow-up from the first Captain Marvel movie, which, unlike many people, apparently I liked quite a bit. The first Captain Marvel movie is just boring. That, that, like, that's the worst thing I can say about it. It was just boring. And I didn't connect to Brie Larson's character whatsoever. That was my biggest critique of Captain Marvel 1. I didn't think the movie was the epitome of dog shit trash. It was just boring. 
Um, if I had to rate any comic book movie recently that I've seen, that is the epitome of dog shit and trash. Eternals would be it. Eternals was fucking awful. That movie wasn't just boring. Like, even the action in that movie just, I, I didn't care. Like, everything about that movie was awful to me. Um, the scene where she overcame the supreme intelligence was inspired. Oh, he's still talking about the first movie. Okay. Uh, this movie was edited to keep it fast-paced while not losing any continuity and probably contributed to the somewhat ab abbreviated length. Nothing felt forced, especially the humor. I would disagree with that with that one line that Samuel L. Jackson said in the trailer, uh, Black Girl Magic. Like, it's weird because, like, I watched Secret Invasion. I know a lot of people didn't. A lot of people didn't like it. I like Secret Invasion minus the ending. But Nick Fury was such a bad, a much better character in that show. And then you go to the Marvels and Nick Fury is, is just comic relief. And it's like, this is the same character? Like, I, I, did, I, was, I didn't like it. But no, I, I would disagree with that take. Now, obviously, art subjective and stuff. But I would say that there were some forced things that just didn't land. Even in the trailer, for fuck's sake. Um, let's see. Um, which has been the cause for most of... Okay, so this person does admit that the recent Marvel movies have had way too much, um, way too much comedy. Amon Vellani was as delightful as she is in the Miss Marvel series. I don't disagree with that. I very much agree with that. Um, the overall sense of family teamwork throughout the movie worked for me. Don't leave before the end scene. Yeah, we, we know, we get it. Uh, great movie. I truly don't know why it's getting bad reviews. Then again, if you're saying that the Marvels is a great movie... What you're saying is, from what I've extrapolated from people that I listen to on YouTube that do reviews, and no, for those of you that are wondering, I'm not talking about, like, the geeks and gamers and nerdrotics of the world. I'm talking about people like The Real Rejects, Jeremy Johns, you know, people that tend to give MCU movies, you know, props or benefit of the doubt uh, most of the time. But this movie has a villain that, like, you, you feel like you're missing a whole movie when you get to this villain. So you don't feel nothing for the villain. That's your first problem. You don't you don't feel nothing for the villain. Um, and then on top of that, the movie has a very, I guess you could say, taped together plot, if if even you can call it that. Um, I have no idea. Uh, I excuse me. I have um, no doubt that Amon Vellani was easily the best part of this movie. I loved her in Miss Marvel. While I thought the show itself was average at best. Her performance was absolutely amazing. Um, and I have no doubt that she did a great job in this movie. However, when people say that this is a great movie, it's like, you're rating this a five star. This isn't Avengers Infinity War. I argue Infinity War is better than Endgame. But this is not an Avengers Infinity War slash Endgame movie. And you're saying that this movie's a great movie? Like, this makes me wonder, like, when it comes to certain MCU fans... In particular, these kinds of fans, what is it that you consider to be good movies? If you just consider something that's state, like stitched together to be good, to me, that's like, then anything's good to you at that point. Like, any movie they put out was good. You could literally put a movie out with one action sequences. It's got to be perfect to these people. Because you're saying that this is a great movie. Why is it a great movie? The, I feel like these people just put positive reviews without explaining it, right? So, for instance, 
when people ask me, like, why I dislike a movie, like Captain Marvel, because I've, I've talked very at length as to why I don't like that. Why don't I like it? Okay, well, it was boring most of the time, right? Brie Larson's character didn't have any emotion or expression. So when you saw her on screen, there was nothing to keep you invested in her character. The, easily the best parts of that movie were the scrolls, um, the cat, and Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn were the best parts of the entire movie. And when people ask me why I don't like She-Hulk, I can easily tell you her character was written to be so insufferable and self-righteous to the point where anything that bad happened to her, I just kind of laughed at her expense of like what's going on with her because her character was just annoying, seemed like that she, you know, had everything, like the worst problems in the world and stuff. And when you look at how they wrote like the male characters around her and stuff like that, it's like, and they said it was comedy. There was nothing funny about the show at all because it didn't feel realistic. It didn't feel relatable. I couldn't get connected to it. And like I said, you know, She-Hulk herself just seemed like a complete asshole, like a narcissistic asshole the entire time. And I've talked to many women that love Marvel and everything they put out, and they agreed with me. Even women that give Marvel the benefit of the doubt most of the time. And they even said it was dog shit. Everybody I've talked to outside of one person has said She-Hulk is um, is bad. Everybody I've talked to, unanimously, She-Hulk, dog shit. I can tell you why I like movies. Spider-Man Far From Home, why do I not like it? Number one, fucking Mysterio, his motivations, complete trash. Whoever came up with that should be fired. Oh no, they named my technology Barb, so I gotta go kill people now. Awful. When it comes down to the fact that it's not in New York, right? I know a lot of people were like, oh, but it's fine for him not to be in New York. It's fine when it's only a part of the movie. Like Spider-Man Homecoming. They went to DC. They were out of New York. But it was only for a section of the movie. They went back to New York. So it was fine in that sense. But with Far From Home, it was all overseas. And not to mention, Peter Parker was written in a way where he didn't want to keep being Spider-Man. And... You know, he, I was like, I just want to go on a break and stuff. I understand why he wanted to, but at the same time, like, his reluctancy to even bring his suit with him, it just felt un-Peter Parker-like. I know that there are arcs in the comics where he, you know, decides to not be Spider-Man and stuff and, like, gives up the suit, but this is different. Because in this movie, you know, he was doing it, and it wasn't... I don't know how to explain it, but... When it comes down to it, he didn't want to be Spider-Man. He wanted to just go and have fun on vacation. And that's fine, especially after the events of, like, you know, um, Endgame and stuff. But when it happened in the comic books, I guess it felt more, I guess you could say, understandable. Because if, like, for instance, if Endgame and Far From Home were, like, in the same movie... That would be a fucking long-ass movie. But then it, it would make sense because everything would be meshed together. But because there's obviously, like, a disconnect period of time between the two movies coming out, when you watch the movie in its own contained story, it feels off, even though you know what came before it. It just, I don't know, it felt very weird seeing Peter Parker try to dissociate from being Spider-Man. Especially, like, 
when it comes to MCU Spider-Man, my biggest critique is he doesn't feel like Spider-Man most of the time. I think Tom Holland does a great job. It's just the way that they write his character. It's like, you know, if we were talking about, like, for instance, Spider-Man No Way Home. In that movie, if he wanted to hang up the mantle, which he did, you know, at one point before the Spider-Man came and talked to him. But that made sense in that movie. It was like, okay, a lot of this makes sense. But, like, at the end of Far From Home, you know, or, or in the beginning of Far From Home, he's like, oh, I just want to go on a break and I don't want to be Spider-Man and stuff. And it's like, it's such a stark contrast from the previous movie and i get that tony stark died and stuff but like you know what happened in no way home like a like that kind of movie made more sense why he would want to stop being spider-man or spider-man 2 my favorite spider-man movie of all time you know toby Maguire gets absolutely shit on in that movie so when he decides to give up being spider-man it makes sense for his character and when it comes to Far From Home, even though a lot happened to him in Endgame and losing a mentor figure and stuff, I would argue Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man got it ten times worse in Spider-Man 2. Because not only was he dealing with the fallout from the very first movie, but a lot happened to him in Spider-Man 2 that made him give up the mantle of being Spider-Man. Where a lot happened to, you know, um, you know Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the previous movie, being Avengers Endgame, losing Tony, but nothing really happened to him in Far From Home that would warrant him to be like, I don't want to be Spider-Man for a limited amount of time or whatever. So for me, I guess, like, when I compare the two movies, I, I see it like... <laughs> Toby's character had more reason than Tom's character because both of them dealt with loss and tragedy in the previous film, but Toby also was still Spider-Man in that second movie and continued to be Spider-Man, but he got beaten down by life so much he eventually gave up. Where Tom Holland, from the very get-go of that movie, was like, nah, I, I want to break. So, you know, I look at it like that. And obviously I have a bias because I'm a Spider-Man 2 fan, but I personally think the way they handled it in that movie was better. But anyways, back to the Marvel's talk, though. Um, okay, Bobby P, absolutely terrible, literally, um, the special visual effects, or, or special effects, uh, visual diarrhea, zero character story building. That, okay, it's very short, but there are reasons here, okay? So, for instance, when someone says great movie, I don't know why people don't like, you know, why it's getting bad reviews, like, I don't understand it. This doesn't make sense. You're not telling us why you liked it. This guy, although his review is very brief, he explains why he doesn't like it. Bad VFX, zero character and story building. At least he's giving you reasons here. This guy up here, Beryl, or, yeah, um, he just says great movie, but he doesn't explain why it's a great movie. Like, if you like it or dislike it, you need to back it up with something. Like, the reasons I don't like Far From Home, which is hard to articulate sometimes, but I can give you reasons why I don't like the movie. I just did, took me a little bit to articulate some of my thoughts, but I can tell you why I dislike a movie. I don't just dislike it. When it comes to the Marvels, I haven't seen the movie. I can't judge it. But I can say from what I have seen in the trailers and stuff, I'm not excited about the movie. I can say that much. Um, especially because of the MCU's track record not being very great as of the past few years. Eric C. It's not perfect. Feels like it was missing some key connecting scenes. But but it was very fun. And Amon Vellani is amazing and should be the face uh, of future Marvel. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say that she'd be, she should be the face of future Marvel. She could be one of the faces, but I wouldn't say the face going forward. Her character is not big enough yet to warrant that. Even, uh, Robert Downey Jr. at the, you know, after first Iron Man wasn't big enough to be the face, but he was the first person. So naturally he was the only face at the time. Um, but yeah, 
This person gave it a five stars. Loved it. The fight scenes were very good, and the movie was fun to watch from beginning to end. Enjoyed watching the interaction between Carol, uh, Kamala, and Monica. We'll watch it seven more, seven more times. The Marvels is now one of my top five Marvel movies. Definitely recommend. Uh, granted, I would disagree with this person. I would say the Marvels will probably be like a mid to bottom tier movie for me, probably, when I see it. Just based upon the lack of plot, and we know how very we know how much I like to critique plot and character development. Those are like the main things I critique in a movie. Um, but at least this person can list reasons why they enjoyed it. I mean, great. I mean, if you think this is one of the top five Marvel movies, props to you. But when I look at like Infinity War, Endgame, um, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Civil War, Iron Man One, when I look at those Marvel movies, I'm like, yeah, maybe they weren't grandiose in scale. But I don't know how the fuck this movie could be a top five for some people. I mean, if you enjoy it, that's fine. But I don't know how it could be a top five. But if, if you can, you can. But my whole uh, point to the Marvel's reviews is, box office-wise, this movie hasn't even made $200 million. But yet, when you go to the reviews on Rotten Tomato, it's like at an 86 with fans. But yet, you see, you see the problem here, right? Sure, Rotten Tomatoes. The fans love the movie, but when you consider how much, how little money has been made on the movie, you're like, okay, well, the fan base is very fucking small for this, like the market for it, right? So let's think about this from like a business perspective, right? If you're used to making, let's say, 800 million to a billion dollars a film, and then you make a movie and everybody loves it, but it's making like not even 200 million dollars when on average you're making 800, 600 million dollars and you're not even, you know, at 200 million yet after second weekend, you're going to be like, yeah, these are characters we probably don't want to invest a lot of resources into outside of like team up films because they're not bringing us money. In fact, they're losing us money. So while there is clearly some kind of audience for this type of film, it's not going to, business-wise speaking, it's not going to probably warrant a sequel. Unless the business is hell-bent on losing money. In which case, okay. But like I said, I think that saying that this movie is fantastic sets a bad precedent. Because it, let's say, hypothetically, this movie made over a billion dollars. And these, these were the reviews. Essentially, Marvel could get away with making a piece of dog shit every time they release a film or a show. Because they know people will just eat it up. It's kind of like the Call of Duty community, right? So when it comes to, you know, this movie not making money, but yet the people that have reviewed the you know movie like it, it goes to show that the audience for this kind of movie is very slim. There's the, the Marvel shill that will just be in love with anything Marvel Studios, you know, makes. Like, they'll put out... They, they could literally put out a movie that's probably, like, five minutes long with nothing to it. And they'll be like, it's the best thing ever. And then there are people that, like, only critique the MCU and think it's the worst thing ever and want to see it fail. And then there's people like me that love the MCU but realize the quality and everything's gone downhill. So, like, if you enjoy this movie, fantastic. But at the same time, I'm like, there's not much here to 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 say that this is a great movie. Box Office is spe speaks more volumes than the reviews ever will. Captain Marvel 1 made over a billion dollars. It got a sequel. This one hasn't even made 200 million yet after second weekend so chances are this probably won't get a third movie chances are um but that is all i have to say about the marvel's box office it's not doing very good at all it's it's doing a lot worse than most of us anticipated including those that just want to see the mcu fail um but now we get to talk about um madam web so i'm gonna pull up the madam web uh like, IMDb or whatever, because, you know, 
have a lot to say about this. <laughs> I have a lot to say about Madam Web. So, for those of you that know, I'm a Spider-Man geek, okay? I'm a big Spider-Man guy. My favorite superhero. So, you bet I'm about to drop some Spider-Man knowledge on you guys. Okay. So. Let's discuss Madam Web. So, this movie is currently set for the release date of February 14th next year. Fun fact, next year we're getting three, three Sony Marvel movies. We're getting Craven, Madam Web, Venom 3. I'm excited for all of them. And I know someone's going to say, you're excited for Craven. You're excited for Madam Web. Guys, I'm a Spider-Man fan. Anything Spider-Man related, I'm fucking hyped for. However, do I also acknowledge it's probably going to be dog shit to maybe okay? Yeah, pretty much. Because like I said, my, my bar for Sony movies, like it, when it comes to like Sony movies, the only thing you really got to have for it to be entertaining is a generic plot that's entertaining, good fight scenes. And it's fun. That's all you need from a Sony movie, for me. A Sony Marvel movie. But Marvel Studios, since they've proven they can make great stories with great characters and great story arcs and character arcs, I expect the MCU to be leagues and bounds better than Sony when it comes to making Marvel projects. But Sony is not that great at it. So if they make anything that's even average, it's great, you know? And the thing is, if Sony makes a complete piece of dog shit like Morbius, I'll say that. Like, do I like Morbius to a degree? Yes. I don't think it's a good movie. I think it's a dog shit movie, but I like Morbius because of how absurdly bad it is. It's kind of like a guilty pleasure, like Jason X. You know, like Jason X is a terrible Friday the 13th and Jason film, but I watch it every year because it's just so funny, batshit crazy that I have fun with it. That's kind of what Sony movies are to me, for the most part. And if they're, like I said, a- average at best, then I'll, I'll rewatch the movie as many times because I just don't expect them to make anything super great. So this trailer is all over the fucking place. So, first of all, when it comes to Madam Web's character, in the comic books, Madam Web is an old lady, not young. There is a younger version of Madam Web that's kind of more like a spy and stuff like that, which seems to be the version that they're going with in this movie is the younger version of Madam Web. However, um, in the comic, she's an old lady, and she has, like, a blindfold on and stuff. And she's connected to the web of life, and she can see a bunch of different, like, spider totems throughout, like, the multiverse and stuff like that. That's essentially, like, her major powers, right? And this movie's to include three spider women. You have two spider women, spider girl, Madam Web. One being played by Sydney Sweeney, who is going to be playing Julia Carpenter, who is spider woman, but she, in the comics, also goes on to become the second Madam Web. Um, if I am correct, Anna uh, Corazon is going to be, or in the comics, if I'm correct, I think that she is Spider-Girl, and then, um, oh, hold on, let's, let's, can I see the full cast? There's one other Spider-Woman there, okay. So, Julia Carpenter would be your first Spider-Woman slash second Madam Web in the comics, Anna uh, Corazon, if I'm correct, is Spider-Girl. Uh, spider One of the Spider-Girls, obviously, is out of, like, Mayday Parker. Um, and then Maddie Franklin, if I'm correct, is a Spider-Woman, briefly in the comics. And I think she is connected to, or related to, uh, J. Jonah Jameson in the comics. I think. Hold on. Uh, let me pull up another fucking uh, tab here. So, what... Uh, Maddie Franklin. 
I think she's connected to Mary Jane. Is Franklin? Jeez, uh, I might put too many T's. JJ Jameson. I think she's the one that's related to JJ Jameson or connected to him in some kind of way. Um, yeah. Okay. So on Marvel Comics, uh, Franklin is the niece of J. Jonah Jameson. Okay. So I was correct. Okay. I just wanted to, to reiterate because you guys got to remember, I haven't read comic books in fucking years. So like when I'm remembering all this stuff, like it's been a while since I've read the comics. So yeah, so Maddie Franklin is the niece of J.J. Uh, Jameson. She is Spider-Woman. Anna Corazon is Spider-Girl. And Sydney Sweeney's Julie Car Julia Carpenter is also Spider-Woman. Um, and she uh, is uh, the second Madam Web in the comic books. And then, of course, you know, we have the main Madam Web uh, of the movie um, being Dakota John... Uh, excuse me, fuck. Dakota Johnson. Um, and we, uh, Adam Scott's playing Ben Parker, Emma Roberts playing Mary Parker, we already knew this, um, but, so let's talk about, uh, the villain of the movie, Ezekiel Sims. What the fuck happened to Ezekiel Sims? For those of you that don't know in the comics, Ezekiel Sims was, uh, this guy that essentially did a ritual to become a spider totem, so to, to get, like, Spider-Man-like powers, right? Except he's an old man in the comics, he has no shoes on, and he's kind of like a mentor to Peter Parker. He's less of a villain. He kind of is sometimes, but not like a full-on villain. Um, and he uses his, like, uh, newfound powers of, like, you know, being able to, like, see the future and stuff like that to essentially become a successful businessman, make a lot of money. That's kind of, like, his whole gist. Except he comes to find out that there are people higher on the spider totem pole, uh, like Morlun, who I've talked about on the podcast before... Um, where he's basically a vampire that feeds on spider totems and he gets stronger. Like that's kind of his whole like MO and his family, they feed on spider totems. So Ezekiel Sims, you know, comes to find out like, oh shit, there are people that can kick my ass and best me being more Lun in his family and stuff like that. So like, you know, he ends up like, you know, teaming up with like Spider-Man Silk and stuff like that. Um, I think he was actually introduced when Spider-Man and Silk were like working together, mainly in the comics. Um, but in this in this movie, he's a bad guy. He's like an evil Spider-Man. He's got like a Spider-Man-esque looking suit. Except in the comics, he didn't have that. He just had a business suit. He had no shoes on. He was barefoot. He was an old guy. And that's what he looked like. But in this movie, they're giving him like a spider suit. And I guess like he goes back or, or can see into the future. So he's trying to kill the future Spider-Woman and like Dakota Johnson's characters like tasked with protecting them. I'm going to take a wild guess that Peter Parker is going to need to be protected in this movie before he's born. Um, or his dad. They might act... Uh, okay, here's what might actually... No, no, because Peter's... Never mind. Peter's dad and Uncle Ben are supposed to be brothers. My fucking bad. But Peter Parker will probably have to be protected at some point in this film. Because in the trailer, there's a scene of a baby, like a newborn baby, and I'm assuming that that's Peter Parker. Um, and my guess would be Ezekiel Sims might be trying to kill him in the movie. But I find it very weird that they're choosing Ezekiel Sims to be the bad guy because in the comics, he wasn't a straight-up bad guy. He was more of a mentor to Peter Parker than a bad guy. And it's a very interesting take. So they're taking, like, young Madam Web, not old Madam Web, and they're having Ezekiel Sims be a full-on villain with, like, a suit and stuff, which he didn't have in the comics. 
And then they're using three different Spider-Women from the comics in the one movie. So I'm very curious to see what the story's going to be like. It's definitely probably going to be an original story, if I had to guess, because it would make no sense to just have all of them. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting. Um, I, I, I personally watched the trailer and I was like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, okay, that's Ezekiel Sims, but it's not comic book Ezekiel Sims. Like they're doing something different with his character. He's like full on bad guy now. Dakota Johnson's Madam Web is not old with the blindfold and a wheelchair connected to the web of life. Well, she might be, but like in the future telling sense, not like actually sitting in like a pocket dimension, if you will. Um, and then of course you have like three different spider women, which originally, if I'm correct, are from different universes or different points in time throughout the 616 universe or whatnot. There, it depends on how you look at it, right? Um... But yeah, a lot of this stuff is very much changed from the comics. So I don't know what the fuck this movie's gonna be like. All that we know is Ezekiel Sims is a bad guy. Don't know if Morlun will play a role in this. Or, you know, if Peter Parker will be in this at all. But I would assume he will be, like, the main thing that D Dakota Johnson has to protect. is not just these Spider-Women, but, you know, um, Peter Parker as well. So, very interested in this movie. I, I know that a lot of people looked at it and they're just like, eh. It, it just kind of looks either horrible or okay. Now, some people are obviously saying this looks like a CW show with the trailer and stuff, and listen, I don't care. If the movie's entertaining and it's got a good enough of a story, don't really give a fuck if it's CW-esque. CW if it's if it's good enough for me to enjoy, have a good time with, I'll, I'm down for it. Um, and this is a female-led superhero movie. Crazy. And I'm, like, excited for it? Wow, who would have thought? Because I, I don't care if, you know, there are female leads. They just need to be written well. If I care for the characters and they're written well and they're not fucking douchebags, yeah, I'll like them. Everything I saw in this trailer, these girls seem to be very likable and relatable, more so than, you know, fucking She-Hulk and shit. So, yeah, I'm excited. If I watch the movie and they're all a bunch of feminist, male-hating assholes, then, yeah, I'll talk about that, but I, I doubt that that movie's gonna be like that. I really doubt it. Um... But yeah, we'll just have to see what happens with the movie when it comes out. But I'm very excited for the film. I think it's going to do very well. Um, and, you know, although there might be some people out there that are like, I'm just seeing this to see Sydney Sweeney. I mean, okay. Like, um, it's all over the place. I am excited, but I'm cautiously optimistic because it is Sony doing it after all. And Sony could make an average movie to a very below par movie. Basically comparing Venom to Morbius there. Um, but if Madam Web can be on the Venom side of the uh, the bar, then that would be good. It's not impossible for Sony to make a good Spider-Man movie or Spider-Man character movie. It just depends on how they write it and, you know, not rushing it. Um, I'm curious, how long is the movie runtime? Maybe they don't have that yet. No, I don't think I don't think they have the runtime yet. But I'm excited. Um, I just think it's very interesting that they're changing a lot of the stuff from the comics. And I know that they do that in the movies, but normally when they change it, they don't like completely change it. Like for instance, when they introduced Gore the God Butcher into the MCU, like okay, his look was a little bit different, but he still had the necro sword. The look of him was relatively still similar. He was still very white and pale with his robe and stuff, and like you know, it was similar enough. But 
when it comes to this, it seems very different. Ezekiel Sims, very different than the comics. Dakota Johnson's Madam Web is young. I know there's a young version of her from the comics, but when most people think of Madam Web, they think of the old lady Madam Web, not the younger version. And then of course you have the three different spider women, which adds a very complex part to it because it's like, okay, how are they going to balance out three spider people? Um, I'm excited. Um, I'm very cautious about it. But we'll see what happens. Wait a fucking minute. The producer of this is the guy that does Transformers? Oh my fuck. This guy does the Transformers. I just realized this. His name's attached to this project. Oh no. I don't I don't know how to think about that. I thought he worked for Paramount. I don't fucking know. But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have for you guys today for the podcast. Um, you know, there is a lot of stuff going on at Marvel. There's been a lot of, um, you know, articles coming out and a bunch of, like, turmoil behind the scenes and stuff. There's a bunch of things going on with, like, directors being released from projects and stuff. Um, what movie? Avengers Kane Dynasty no longer has a writer, no longer has a director. There's talks about them scrapping the movie, um, you know, changing from Kang over to, um, you know, Dr. Doom and stuff. But I don't want to talk all about that until we get confirmations as to are they actually canceling Kang Dynasty? Are they actually going to pivot to Doom? Like, I'm not going to sit here and talk about those things until we get confirmation on them. Um, and I don't have inside sources like some people do. Uh, I have some sources, but they're not, like, so, in, in like, inside that, like, you know, I'm gonna, gonna know things well out in advance. But once things start to be confirmed, then I will definitely talk about, uh, what's going on. But just a few nuggets to throw out there for you guys to have in your mind. Like, oh, they might be canceling this movie, or this movie's in trouble. Um, but yeah. But thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you all enjoyed, and I will catch you all in the next one.